Hello and welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm of course your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 79th episode, our guest is Erica Roman. You first heard Erica Roman on episode 69 of the podcast. Here is her biography. My name is Erica Roman. My life was forever changed on April 18th, 2016, when my husband of seven years and the love of my life died unexpectedly of an undetected heart condition, leaving me and our one-year-old daughter behind. A couple days after the funeral, I discovered that I was pregnant with our son. I would have never imagined that I would end up a 27-year-old pregnant widow. As I process my own healing journey through writing, it is my heart to be able to encourage others in their own struggles and bring understanding to those who have hurting people in their lives. You can read her blog at ericaroman.me. That's E-R-I-C-A-R-O-M-A-N.me. And now on to the show. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> is every uh, you good to talk now? Yes, I'm oh, good. Okay, Sorry cool. about that. No, it's all good. My uh, my wife actually made homemade pop tarts, so I actually just demolished two of those. So I was pretty happy with the little break there. So it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for coming back on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, did you make it uh, out of out of Florida before the storms hit? I know you'd re- just recently moved uh, from there to, to Tennessee, but what's uh, did you make it out before all the storms came through? Yeah. So, um, I moved. Um, I think it was two and a half weeks before the storm hit, so it was good timing. Um, I ended up going up the west coast instead of the east coast, so my family was spared most of the winds, but they still got some of the flooding, and um, they're some of them it's like it's been a couple like they just got their power in the past couple of days so oh, they've wow. been yeah it's been a while without power for some people oh yeah um yeah that's always for most of the time like um floridians don't care so much about the hurricane it's the loss of power afterwards that's the true devastation oh yeah no that was excuse me that was the thing i saw people saying it's like you do all the laundry that you can beforehand because you're Mm -hmm. gonna miss not having power to do laundry afterwards yeah (laughs) yeah it's the it's the not having hot showers and no AC. Um, that's that's the roughest part. Most of the time, what happens is whoever ends up getting power um, opens up their house and like gives showers to all their friends who don't have power yet. Oh, nice! That's awesome. So, so yeah. how did the uh, move to Tennessee go? Um, I know that you said you'd had some help uh, loading up, but how was it unloading? It seemed like maybe there was a little um, less help on that end. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bit tricky. Um, well, and I ended up getting a crew to help on the unloading side, but um, our U-Haul broke halfway, uh, broke down halfway. Oh, no. So we were stuck in Georgia for 24 oh. hours with two kids. We were literally at a gas station where it broke down. Thankfully, it was at a gas station that it broke down and not yeah. on the road, but we were still stuck at a gas station for seven hours oh. with a two-year-old and an eight-month-old. Oh, my that gosh. That was not pleasant. <laughs> no. <laughs> So we ended up staying a night just south of uh, Atlanta and um, making it through the next day. So the crew that I had recruited um, for Saturday, we weren't able to come on Sunday. Um, So basically I just uh, went to church that morning, like half asleep, and was like, do you all want to help me? And so um, (laughs) one of the pastors got a crew together to help unload, which was great because I was too tired to really – 
go around asking too many people. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So, um, how are your kids adjusting now though? Have they settled in with the move and everything? Yeah. Um, it, it took a couple weeks for them to just kind of really get into a new routine. Um, but they're doing pretty well now. Um, and, um, yeah, they're, they're doing pretty well. Okay. And you're going to school there. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so, um, just finished my second week. Um, so school, is all day Monday and all day Tuesday. So I have the rest of the week to do whatever else I need to do. Um, but yeah, so that started, uh, actually on my birthday. My oh, own, happy uh, birthday. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, what are you going to school for? What's your focus now? So, um, it's not like a university or college, it's a ministry school. Mm. And so, um, I've been trying to figure out the best way to explain it because it's not like you get a job as a minister at the end of it. Mm -hmm. The, um, the ministry school for me, at least for me personally, um, it is the goal, not like going through it to get to a goal. Like Mm -hmm. I just needed to take a season to focus on myself and like, um, working through some of the hurts. And so I figured that one of the best places for that would be to go through, um, eight months of a ministry school that really is kind of their focuses on, you know, healing life's hurts essentially. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so really the, the school isn't really about like a job at the end. Although I know a lot of people like opportunities, have opened up for them and because they went through the school. But, um, for me, really it's, it's mostly just kind of like taking the time for myself for eight months to be intentional about, um, just working through some of the places that are still wounded from Mm. losing John. Yeah, absolutely. Now, was this something that you would have done anyway, had your life not dramatically changed last year, or is this something that, Um, yeah? Well, okay, so this ministry school has, they just started the second year. I actually did the first year when I lived in Nashville before, so like Mm -hmm. six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I did year one, and they only added the second year, I think maybe two years ago. Mm. And when I heard that they did it, I was like, oh, that would be super cool. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm in Florida now, so that's probably not Mm. something I'll be able to do. Um, but after everything happened, it was one of like the first clear thoughts in my head. I'm like, I'm going to go move back to Nashville and Mm -hmm. do the second year. Just because I really, the, the church I go to, um, and the, the school is hosted by the church. Um, they're just, their real focus is really helping people work through hard things. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew it would be a good environment to process some of the pain and work through towards healing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And uh, you saying that kind of reminded me of your latest post here, which I thought was a really good one about the shelf. Um, You list a lot of uh, questions you have there and and those aren't small Mm -hmm. questions that you list. So yeah, those are, those are big ones. I'm like, man, that's a list of questions right there. But um, yeah. Yeah. So have you, have you made any headway with any of those questions? I mean, I can't imagine those are simple to answer. You know what I mean? No, no. Yeah. There's, there really is no, some of them I like, I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's like, there's just not going to be an answer. And, mm-hmm. 
some of it, some of it's just, I think it's just going to take, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, those, the questions are heavy ones and I've only had two weeks of the school. So, um, I, <laughs> You're going to so, need more than 14 days on, on this list here. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but that's kind of how I've coped up until now is just putting those questions up on the shelf mm-hmm. and realizing I can't even look at them right now. Mm-hmm. So at, before I couldn't even look at them. Like I had to pretend, like I put them on the shelf and pretend like they didn't exist. Now I'm like, okay, I can look at them. I'm just not sure how much I want to like touch them yet. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. So, um, but I kind of making myself start to even name them. Um, so even just writing that list of what they were, mm-hmm. um, was really helpful in like defining the pain points. Mm-hmm. Um, as instead of like, it's just, they're over there somewhere and it's pain over there instead of that being kind of just like a general box somewhere i kind of wanted to intentionally okay what are the things that hurt the most and mm-hmm. if i could put a name to them then i can start working towards healing from them right and i feel like a lot of them kind of come back to something you've written about uh previously is that you said that in a previous post a couple months ago that you were having trouble trusting god um, oh yeah is that still something that you struggle with it really it really is because and like i was talking to um Someone from the school. Um, they they set up a, they set us up in small groups so mm-hmm. that at the end of each week we can process with people. Um, and so they asked me. They're like, so you know, after I shared my story, um, they asked me how I like if I could see myself. Where was I in the process? And I was like, well, I am confident in the goodness of God. I'm confident that He's there, that He speaks, that He's in my life. I still don't trust him though. Mm-hmm. Like I like, and just being able to just acknowledge that that's really going to be something, um, that I'm going to work through. And I mean, I'm just seeing him come through for me in so many areas since, mm-hmm. um, since losing John. I mean, he provided a car. I was able to pay for a brand new car cash. I was able to like, just this whole move has just been, I felt God wanted me to move here and just all the doors just kind of waltzed, you know, everything just opened easy. And I was able to like waltz right up here. Um, and even, even the patent blog going viral, was a response to the fact that I really, truly felt God was telling me to write and that the writing was going to launch mm-hmm. where he was calling me to go. So like, I've, I've seen, I've seen his evidence in my life and I've seen, um, that he's come through for me and I still, I mean, I know he's good. It's just still in my heart. There's those, those mm-hmm. questions that, um, are hindering my ability to truly um, trust him again. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, one of the questions you list here is, uh, yeah, it's great that my write is going, writing is going the direction I wanted, uh, dreamed it would go, but why did it have to come to the expense of my husband's life? And, you know, that's a really tough question because, you know, that is part right. of why your writing is so compelling is because you're talking about something very right. traumatic that happened in your own life, but it's like, yes, right. you're getting the success, but it's all kind of wrapped in this tragedy and it's like, <laughs> could, could this not have right. happened any other way? Like, well, Way. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you can write I, other things. You know what I mean? So, right. Why but, couldn't I have won the lottery and blogged about mm, what that's like? Oh, man. That's my that dream career been, path right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no. So that definitely is a struggle because I've, I've felt like, I mean, writing has been part of who I am mm-hmm. from the beginning. And I felt that... Um, you know, of wanting to write books. Now I was working on books like fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like some of the topics on my blog that I address, 
um, that aren't necessarily specifically about the grief and the story. Um, I felt like I was supposed to teach, and I, even before, um, like maybe two months before, um, my husband had talked to me, like, you should start a vlog, like, um, and just talk about things. Like, I tend to be the person people come to for advice, um, mm. and I've always kind of played that role. Mm. Like, you should start a vlog, and, like, so I actually started researching what it would be like to do that, and, like, how to make a platform, and all these things. So it was, like, it wasn't, like, after it happened, it just occurred to me, hey, maybe I should start being up, like, speaking publicly or mm-hmm. talking to people about things. And that's something that was kind of always in my heart. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sucks that the success came because mm-hmm. of what happened instead of something, you know, that grew. Oh, I mean, there's lots of people who have um, blogs and things that have mm-hmm. a large following that didn't necessarily happen because of something so traumatic. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they just get to have endorsement deals from uh, vacation spots, right. and they get to be paid to right? go on vacation. Like, what? <laughs> I, I want that gig, too. <laughs> yeah, when you figure that out, let me know how that how that happens, because right. I'm not sure. I'd love to start writing about happy things, and, and, you know, people are always like, your blog makes me cry. I'm like, I, I, I would love to be able to write about stuff that, you know, doesn't make people cry. Yeah, right? Exactly. Um, but you, uh, you did mentioned uh, about public speaking uh, and that is something I wanted to ask you about only because I read your thing about anxiety and and having that Mm -hmm. and it seems like first of all anxiety has got to be you know this has got to be a situation where it's like well it's the most justifying thing for your anxiety because like look something terrible did happen and Mm -hmm. now you're anxious all the time and and look look, maybe you need to be anxious all the time your body's telling you and how do you fight that along with uh, grieving and then also public speaking is one of the more terrifying things that a person can do and I imagine the anxiety figures into that yeah okay so what's I'm a weird personality type when it comes to that um, public speaking thing is I can, if I stand up on a stage in front of like 200 people, I can talk and it's fine. It's like the socializing and mingling with that same crowd afterwards. That is what would give me the anxiety. I'm super high introvert, but I, so I can teach, but on a stage, there's almost like a separation Mm -hmm. between them and myself. So like that actually doesn't give me any anxiety. It's, it's the having the, to do the mingling afterwards when you speak. That's the part that gives me the anxiety. Right, exactly. Well, when you're up there speaking, it's just, it's not one-on-one. It's just you, you're pretty much private in public, you know what I mean? You're doing mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. by yourself, but other people can see you as opposed to just one-on-one. Right. So. right. Yeah, but um, since the time I wrote about um, having anxiety, it's actually kind of gone down some. I wrote that in the middle of there was just a storm going on. I'm trying to remember, but I had a number of things all happen to me at once and it just kind of skyrocketed mm. my anxiety. Um, I had my parents started going through the process of a divorce and I was living with them. So I had a front row seat <clears throat> and then, um, Within my friend group, um, one of the wives saw me as a threat to her husband, like in her marriage. So I had to essentially bow out of my main social circle. <clears throat> so there was that, and then there was there was like a number of other like all these things happening to me at once. And oh, and it was right, also right around the one year 
um, anniversary of John's passing. So I was just in an anxiety storm, basically, mm. at the time when I wrote that. So things have kind of calmed down some in that area. It's still something I struggle with. It's just not quite as um, intense as when I wrote that that particular blog post. Yeah, well, that's that's good to hear. Um, well, so, yeah, I did want to ask you about that because I did read that in that part of your blog where you said that people yeah. see, and this is kind of a general problem you described with uh, oh, yeah. widows yeah. being around people that are married and, and, the, and the wives may be thinking that uh, what they're gonna steal their husbands? I guess I don't know what's. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it, but it's a thing. Like I posted in one of the widow groups I'm part of, and I had like maybe sixty other one widows saying, "Yep, that happened to me." Wow. Um, and I, I think a part of it, I think, is we have widows, young widows, have the whole damsel and distress thing that triggers the guys to want to help and respond and have compassion for. Mm. Um, and then also I think I it was just, I was just thinking about this the other day because I had a conversation about that exact, this exact topic, but I think there's also this thing where like we were wanted by another man who would not have left mm-hmm. at least most of it, you know? And, and so it, it's not like we were, it was a breakup or a divorce where, Oh, it could have been their fault. So it's like, Oh, they, 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 I'm still, I guess I'm still kind of processing it, but it's kind of like they were loved and it wasn't like mm-hmm. they were the person like there was something wrong with them. So the, the husband chose to leave. It mm-hmm. wasn't their fault. So they were like, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling because I'm no, not no. Like, I, I I think I understand what you're saying. That. It's it's kind of hard to to imagine for me too because if you're the type of person that would like leave your spouse, you know, there's single people out there you could leave your spouse for. You don't need to like just mm-hmm. that, that aren't widows. You know what I mean? That right. that you could you, right. if that's what you're gonna do. There's there's plenty other ways. Heck, there's other married people you could leave your spouse for. You right. know what I mean? Right. So if, if that's in your plans, you know, there's other ways to do it besides just the uh, the, the but, nearest widow I, you can find. I guess right. But, I think it is were perceived as more desirable I, for, hmm. for in, when it comes to an insecure wife. Mm-hmm. We're considered, I think, they think maybe we're, I don't know. Like, like you're looking tempting. for something that you had but now yeah. lost and now you're going to take right. whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's, right. it's kind of strange. Like, you know, we lost our husband, so we're going to steal yours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, that's, no. that's yeah, that, there's a lot of weird psychology there uh, going on. But the other mm-hmm. one you listed in that list, I think that was part of the list in one of your blogs that you, you mentioned. And then you also yeah. mentioned that someone stole a blog of yours and pass it off as oh, yeah. what the heck was that yeah. I don't understand that your writing is so personal how can you know, steal right? someone's writing like that like, I know I um and the blog they stole the blog they stole was my letter to my future husband uh, and they just <laughs> I know they re they reworded it to make it um uh, from the the guy's point of view and put it as fiction. So instead of it was, it was just saying the perspective of a widower or something. I don't know, but it was like whole sections were word for word. Mm. And, and the thing is she was an editor for like this large blog platform, Mm -hmm. which for me boggles my mind. I'm like, you're paid to do this. You should know better. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
but she flat out denied any. She's like, you know, maybe we came up with similar similar concepts. And so one of my friends took both blogs side by side and highlighted mm. all of the word for word mm. and phrase for phrase um, and then posted it on her blog. And she deleted that, so he posted it on her Twitter. <laughs> so because wow. you can't delete that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, she flat out denied it and was acting like a victim, basically, <clears throat> that um, we were just attacking her, which I ended up not doing anything. That was the, I found out about that the night before um, taking my daughter to Disney for the first time with the family. So it was like, there's a lot of stuff going to be going on that weekend. Like I don't have time for this. So I have a couple friends who um, kind of took over the social media justice aspect of that. <laughs> and um, um, basically, by the time I was um, coming home from Disney, it was all sorted, which was nice. Well, that's good. Well, One I, more I, thing I had to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's Sorry. okay. My son is very excited. Oh, no, that's okay. My son is a uh, unintentional co-host on pretty much every episode in one way or another. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, he gets in when he can, but, uh, that's, yeah, that's really interesting that, that someone would, would do that. Like I said, because your writing is so personal that somebody right. thinks they could pass it off as their own is just mind boggling right. to me. But, and the fact that, that she wasn't even a widow, like if it was another widow <laughs> who read my writing and was like, you know what? I understand how that feels. And, I'm I'm gonna take pieces and because this is exactly how I feel. Like I would have a little bit more empathy. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I get it. I mean, it would have been nice if she, you know, if she would have, you know, tagged me or quoted me or whatever. Which I've had a number of widows quote me, but they always, you know, cite mm-hmm. their source. Um, but if it was another widow who plagiarized me, mm-hmm. that would I don't know. I feel like I'd be a little standing because mm-hmm. they understand and they feel that personally. No, it was just some, some lady who wanted to further her career and copied my, Goodness gracious. my work. Okay. Well, that's, that's something. Okay. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I uh, did want to start talking about your, uh, three part series here. Cause I did think it was oh, pretty, yeah. pretty interesting. <laughs> um, now to start out with, uh, why did you make it a three part series? Did you want to keep people cliffhanger on the end of everything? Well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, it was just going to be two. Uh-huh. I was going to talk about my side, and then we were going to do the back and forth, the third part. But I realized that the first part <laughs> was getting really long. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to break. I'm going to have to break the part one up into mm-hmm. two parts. And um, that's basically how that ended up happening. Because right. I just wanted people. I, I wrote it for you know everybody, but also for um, just. I don't know. I felt. I don't know. I felt like I wanted to make sure people understood the background that this wasn't something we just jumped in into, and also that it wasn't even something I was really pursuing or looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and I mean, we have eleven years of foundation, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to sum that up in a blog. And I, I think the the rules, like the rule of thumb, is like you're supposed to keep blogs under like a thousand words, which I break mm. all the time. Oops. But that one was <laughs> <laughs> that one was a, like approaching 250, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna have to stop mm-hmm. and then just make it three parts. So. Right. Um, 
Yeah, have, but uh, did it take did it, it take a long time to like just think about writing this at all? Because I this is a very sensitive subject. If people haven't read it, uh, this is about you know you want to describe what it's about for people that don't. Yeah, know. so um, I um, was basically the blog was my like coming out of the fact that I'm I'm dating again, and uh, just kind of the background story of how that came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I I knew like. Some months ago, I had decided, okay, I'm going to have, if if this thing happens, I want to write about it because, you know, um, one, I know a lot of our friends and family had suspicions (laughs) and, um, and then also just for, didn't, like it was out of the blue. It really wasn't, it was like a slow burn and I wanted to be able to just tell that story. That, and it's a fun story. And I'm like, (laughs) I want to talk about happy things too. (laughs) So, uh, talking about, um, you know, starting a new relationship for the first time was a lot, is a lot, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Truly. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, thinking back and remembering on some things and, um, writing the third, the third one where we wrote it together. That Mm -hmm. was actually a lot of fun. I was a bit nervous because I've never co-wrote anything with yeah. anyone, and um, I mean, he has his own blog that he writes on occasionally, mm-hmm. um, not like as consistent as I write, but so I knew he could write well, otherwise mm-hmm. I wouldn't have asked him, but, mm-hmm. um, um, but just, you know, the flow, how it was going to flow and everything, um, but that ends up working out um, really easy. It was actually one of the fastest blogs I've ever written mm-hmm. because we just kind of sat down and went back and forth and it was done. Mm-hmm. What was the reaction to the series? Did you get any negative pushback in the kind of vein of your Patton Oswalt piece uh, released in, in yeah, your end? No, uh, no, there was really no negative anything. Um, <laughs> I think, well, I think that Patton Oswalt blog did its job. So if anybody <laughs> wanted to be negative, they already knew my thoughts right, on the matter. Right. <laughs> True, true. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. They probably kept their peace. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Um, but uh, this is, like you said, someone that you known for a long time. Uh, did that make mm-hmm. it easier to get back into the dating arena because it was somebody that you knew so well? Yeah, I don't think I would have been ready for like a stranger, mm-hmm. um, like just to sit in front of, you know, for a first date and look at someone and be like, I hope you're not crazy. Like <laughs> I've seen, I've seen the dating pool from the outside and it's not fun. Mm-mm. I don't think like in my mind, I don't feel like it's fun and I've got kids and I'm like, I'm busy. I don't have time for the drama in the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, um, I don't, I wouldn't have actively sought out like somebody new. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he was someone I knew I could trust, um, someone that we already had like a foundation together that, you know, there, a lot of the questions that you wonder in the first couple of months of like dating someone, we really didn't have to go through. So we already knew each other mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, right. But I mean, did that yeah. also present a problem on the other end? Because as you said, if, you know, this doesn't work, I mean, either way, if it does work out or if it doesn't work out, the time in your life where you were just friends is, is basically right. over. You know what I mean? Right. Once you decide to, to make that leap. So was that, yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, it, it does, but we, and, and there are a lot of, um, still complications in our lives with his, I mean, right now he's in Europe. So the time change mm. means he's, he's going to bed, um, you know, while I'm making dinner. So like our, the time change makes it hard for, to have conversations and just, so just those kind of things. But, um, but also just, I mean, with his job and with my life with my kids and there are a lot of, um, obstacles still and so we both are we're we're both very aware of them and um but we have kind of already talked about that that um if it doesn't work out we we, it'll be sad but we won't be hurt Mm -hmm. um and that we won't regret trying Mm -hmm. because i think and i think in the end that's why i decided to to just tell him how i felt because if I didn't and I just moved on with my life, I, w- I feel like I would have always wondered mm-hmm. what would have happened if. Oh, yeah. So, um, so if it, if it doesn't work out, then we know what would have happened. Like we know, we, we know we, we tried, mm-hmm. we want it to work out mm-hmm. for sure. Um, we're like currently trying to figure out logistics of when I'll get to see him again sometime in December, probably. Mm. Um, and, um, so we want to make it work for sure. And we're hoping some sort of door opens that'll make a relationship a little bit easier. Um, but we both care about each other a lot. And, um, um, at this point, you know, whatever is best for each other, we want to have happen, mm-hmm. whether that's a relationship in the future together or not. We just want to try. Sure. Absolutely. Basically. Now he's in Europe for until, until December or he's kind of coming home mm-hmm. temporarily in December. And where is yeah, he based well, out of? So he, um, he goes all over. So he's done the Caribbean. He's done, um, Alaska. Um, he works so for the people who don't know or haven't read. He works on a cruise line. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the, um, uh, assistant cruise director. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so he, get, he goes all over the place and it's all based like on contracts. So which mostly, mostly they're about three months. So, um, his family, um, lives in Florida where in the same town as I used to live. And, um, so between contracts, when he like takes a break, he, he just stays with them because it doesn't really make sense for him to have a house that he's only in, you know, every three, you know, every three months that he's in for a couple weeks. Um, so he leaves his stuff, some of his things there, but mostly he's out on the boat and, um, so that's kind of how that works. And mm-hmm. So he doesn't really know what his next contract is until he finishes the one he's on. Right. Okay. What do you guys do to kind of keep that connection going while you're so far away? I mean, you said you're kind of on different schedules, but I'm sure there's, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Facebook Messenger <laughs> is really um, is really our main mm-hmm. connect because the internet there is really um, sketchy. So mm-hmm. we can we do phone calls, but um, we have to coordinate that. Um, mm-hmm. And but mostly, yeah, we just shoot each other messages throughout the day. And, awesome. Um, yeah, that's basically gotcha. what we have to do for now. Yeah, for sure. Um, now another post I wanted to ask you about was uh, twenty songs my soundtrack of overcoming which was mm-hmm. interesting to me because i remember you'd said you'd had a lot of trouble with with music uh before music, yeah. um but you've sounds like you've been able to kind of integrate it back in your life a little bit mm-hmm. so yeah um so a lot of the what it was was the music that john played mm-hmm. i had to avoid it, ah, which okay. was difficult 
because he played a lot yeah. from a lot of genres. I was gonna say. And so, um, so yeah, a lot, most of those songs, actually, except for the one, um, those songs are um, not things he played. And I, most of them I actually just kind of discovered this year. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So and um, yeah, so that was a fun one. I, I I kind of had that one in mind as a I'm going to be moving this week and I'm not going to have time to write. <laughs> so let's just post some yep. some some music. People right. like that. Absolutely. Um, uh, now I also saw where you're going to be on the Today Show in November. Is that right? I, I um, October. October. Yeah. October when? So. October 13th. 13th. Okay, um, great. So they emailed me uh, out of the blue um, mm-hmm. last week, and um, I was able to get into in contact with them, have a conversation with them on Monday. Um, and so basically they're going to be having Pat and Oswald on the show mm-hmm. to talk about, he's got a new Netflix special, I think, and ah, some other okay. things. And they want him, they also want to talk about his loss and then his new relationship. And they thought it'd be really cool for me to be able to come on for a bit. So I won't be like sitting in his chair next to him, which mm-hmm. would have been super cool, but I, I totally understand why I'm not. Um, they're going to have me like in a VIP mm. box section of the audience mic'd up and then I'll be able to they'll ask me some questions okay. whenever the time comes. So, but they're flying me up to New York. I've never been there before. So I'm really super excited. Um, and they're covering my travel expenses, which is great. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it. Um, well, that's awesome. Right? We'll definitely watch that. Um, so you've also gotten a fair amount of interest from publishers since all this happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's yes. the status with that? So I have had an agent and two different publishers contact me. Um, all like within a week or two of my move. So mm-hmm. basically I, I had a back and forth with each of them and I was like, listen, I'm going to be moving across the state, uh, with two kids. So I'm not going to be able to start really getting serious about writing until September. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get back to you then. So I'm just now starting to like reestablish conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, moving with kids is, Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I, I've been really thinking on um, what what I want to say in a book mm-hmm. and um, what that'll look like. So, right. Um, but yeah, so it, it's all very much like preliminary conversations. There's no like contract or anything signed, mm-hmm. but. Um, but I have an open door, which that's, that's a writer's dream. Usually mm-hmm. you have to sit and knock on doors for years. I have a friend of mine who, she published, uh, a young adult fantasy just recently. And she, I, I mean, she worked hard to, to get, um, the open door that I have mm-hmm. now, oh, yeah. um, that was just handed to me. So I, mm-hmm. and, and again, and that's one of those things where I'm like, I might not trust God, but he's clearly opening doors for me. Yeah. So, something's happening. So something's happening. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, would this, I mean, I know you're still in the preliminary stages and everything, but, um, would you, are you going to use kind of the same model as your blog? Are you going to go, are you thinking about writing about it from a different angle or a different direction or, uh, what's your vision for it now as such as it is? So I actually have a couple different books in mind, two that are more thought out and one that's kind of just like an idea. Um, but the thing that resonated with people the most 
with the blog that went viral mm-hmm. um, with my concept of an expanding heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that'll be my first one, and it will really mostly just focus on um, the the, the uh, my love for John mm-hmm. and learning, like processing that, and then um, learning how to open my heart again um, for someone new. And um, so I think that'll be kind of the focus on that one. And then the second one will be more about the faith walk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how I've been able to keep my faith when like, you know, everything went to crap. Basically. Yeah. Um, so, um, that will be more the theme of the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do the one on love first cause I felt like that appeals to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, just kind of right. focus on that story. Well, that's good that you're focusing on that idea because that, that is a per- very powerful idea because, you know, people mm-hmm. in our society seem to think there's only enough room for a certain right. amount of people so or fine. whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, not really. That's that's not how it works. Right. So right. that's a good thing to focus on, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, is there anything else I didn't ask you about that you'd want to get in there before we go? Um... Not that I can think of. We've okay. covered a lot of good over a lot of the stuff that um, that has happened recently, and I think most other things that we've covered here. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids are getting antsy. Yep, mine are too. <laughs> That's part of why I need to get off. So. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was good talking to you again, and uh, good luck with everything. And uh, I'll definitely be watching for your thing on the Today Show. So awesome! Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. Great. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye.
you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast everywhere it's available, which includes iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. It really helps. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. Until next time.